welcome to the Happy Gut Podcast. I'm Jamie Wagner, registered nurse and gut health coach. I believe that gut health is central to your health and well-being. On the Happy Gut Podcast, we talk about how the gut affects every aspect of your health, including your digestion, skin, hormones, mental health, mood, behavior, cravings, weight, and well, basically everything. If you're struggling in any of those areas, then you're in the right place. Or if you simply want to implement healthier habits so you can live more vibrantly, energetically, and joyfully for a longer time, then you're right where you need to be. On the Happy Gut Podcast, my goal is to empower you with science-backed information so you can fix your gut and live your best life. Let's dive into today's topic. Welcome to episode 12 of the Happy Gut Podcast. Today's topic is probiotics. Now, unless you've been living under a rock, you've probably heard of probiotics in some capacity. And it can be confusing. Do I take a supplement? Which one? Should it be refrigerated or not? Does the CFU count matter? Which species of bacteria should I look for? Let's break it all down. First, what is a probiotic? Probiotics are living microorganisms that are beneficial to your health when they're administered in adequate amounts. Basically, they're good or beneficial microbes or bacteria. They can be found in supplements or fermented foods. They help with your digestion and protect your gastrointestinal system, as well as support healthy bowel movements, but they also help with detoxification and support your liver health, help with the kidneys with cleansing, boost your immune system, support production of vitamins, digestive enzymes and fatty acids, and can even support brain and mental health, and so much more. A common misconception out there is that probiotics are the solution for gut health issues for everyone. But certain people benefit from probiotics and some people don't. This is like almost every aspect of gut health. Not everything works perfectly for everybody. Taking probiotics in supplement or food form could be beneficial to you if you've taken antibiotics in recent years, you eat processed foods, you live in an urban area, you suspect you have leaky gut, and so on. But I do not recommend taking a probiotic without cutting down on those processed foods. Taking a probiotic won't just cancel that out, so keep that in mind. Probiotics may not be beneficial for certain individuals, though, like those with SIBO or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. People with SIBO have too many bacteria in the small intestine, when the large majority should be in the large intestine. Ingesting probiotics could just add to that population. People with compromised immune systems may also not benefit from probiotics, so if you try taking one, watch how you feel. There can be some gas, bloating, and discomfort when starting to take a probiotic, which is normal, but that can, and that can just be a sign that's actually working. But after a week or so, it should balance out and you should have more regular, well-formed stools. So now let's talk about the different types of probiotics. I'm going to talk about three. Lactobacillus and bifidobacterium are the first ones. These produce lactic acid by eating lactose, sugar, and carbs, which inhibits growth of pathogens by lowering the pH. Lactic acid bacteria also feed and nourish your gut lining and promote regular bowel movements, support healthy levels of stomach acid, help your body absorb minerals and nutrients, and stimulate your immune system. They can also help avoid overgrowth of candida, which is a fungus. They're naturally found in yogurt, milk, and cod liver oil. And if you don't tolerate dairy, it can also be found in non-pasteurized, fermented vegetables, and supplements as well. 
The next one is soil-based bacteria, or SBOs. These are naturally found in soil. They enrich the soil, which supports plants, and helps our digestion of them. These types of bacteria are lower these days due to pesticides and lots of sanitation. And lastly, spore-forming bacteria. These are highly resistant types of bacteria, so they survive in the body more easily than some other strains. Like I mentioned before, you can get probiotics through food products in your diet, as well as supplements. Let's talk about fermented foods first. Fermented foods go through the process of fermentation, where there is a chemical breakdown of food by the bacteria it contains. When foods are fermented, the nutrient level increases and it becomes more easily digestible. Studies show that fermented foods can improve mood, immunity, help lower inflammation, and more. Some examples of fermented foods are sauerkraut, kombucha, kefir, pickles, kimchi, yogurt, and more. Quality is important with these foods. It's important that they are unpasteurized and have active live cultures. It's also good to note the sugar content of certain options like yogurt, for example. Look for unsweetened options. You can always add your own honey, fruit, or other toppings. Now let's chat about supplements. Remember, they won't be a good fit for everyone, so talk to your doctor, or if you start one, note your symptoms, especially after about a week of being on them. Changes in the microbiome can cause loose stools or constipation, as well as gas or bloating. If you're having uncomfortable symptoms and it's getting to be unbearable, you can consider lowering the dose, but it also may just not be the right fit for you. When you're looking for probiotic supplements, here are some things to consider. Number one, consumer versus practitioner brands. Practitioner brands are only sold through medical practitioners and should be overseen while taking since it's usually a higher dose and can cause more detox-type symptoms. These are most effective after a round of antibiotics or if you have dysbiosis, which is an imbalance of good and bad bacteria in the gut. Consumer brands are over-the-counter and the ones that you see in stores, and they're great for maintenance or everyday use for general well-being. However, these brands are self-regulated. Supplements aren't really super regulated by the FDA, so it's good to know what to look for in these over-the-counter options. So number two thing to consider is the number of CFUs or colony-forming units. This is the number of live bacteria. The myth out there is that the more CFUs, the better the supplement. This really depends, though, because, for example, spore-forming bacteria require lower CFU counts because they're able to survive more harsh conditions. Lactic acid bacteria, like the ones I mentioned before, such as lactobacillus and bifidobacterium, require a CFU count of 1 billion or higher to be effective. Another thing to consider is that CFU count can decrease over time, so you can look for the words at the time of manufacture on the label. This means there's no guarantee that the count hasn't decreased by the time you buy and take it. Number three thing to consider is the various strains. This really just comes down to trial and error and what works best for you. Number four thing to consider is research on strains. So these are the letters behind the strain name. For example, Lactobacillus plantarum 299V. Lactobacillus is the family name, plantarum is the species name, and 299V is a specific strain. Every strain is different and belongs to a scientist. Number five thing to consider is additives, fillers, and binders. The best supplements often contain the least fillers. They are safer and more bioavailable, generally. Avoid lots of these fillers, like magnesium stearate, silica, titanium dioxide, gelatin, cellulose, carrageenan, potassium sorbate, stearic acid, as well as artificial coloring, flavoring, and sweeteners. And the sixth thing to consider is how they are made. 
pills or powders are probably the best options since it's the easiest and most effective option. I also wanted to touch on some myths about probiotics. One myth is that probiotics don't survive your stomach acid. Most do have a hard time surviving the acidic pH of your stomach, but technologies prevent this, like encapsulation technology. Another myth is that adding more bacteria is pointless. The goal of taking probiotics, though, may not be to colonize the gut. Probiotics can also swap genes with existing bacteria through horizontal gene transfer and can stimulate the immune system. They can also influence inflammation and neutralize toxins that may be contributing to leaky gut. So it's not always just about getting those probiotics to stick. They can actually just kind of communicate with the bacteria that are already there. Another myth is that supplements are not necessary if you just eat some yogurt. But most yogurt is commercialized or pasteurized, so the bacteria is killed. Most yogurt is also filled with lots and lots of sugar. And the last myth I'll talk about is that fermented foods have more bacterial variety than probiotics, when really not all strains are created equal and they don't always deliver therapeutic doses of good live bacteria. So a supplement may be needed even if you're eating a lot of fermented foods. So another thing I want to touch on is prebiotics. Probiotics are almost useless if you aren't feeding those good bacterial species prebiotics. Prebiotics are fibrous foods that feed the good bacteria in the gut to help them survive, thrive, and crowd out the bad gut bugs. So if you're eating processed junk food and taking probiotics, and you're not eating enough fruits and vegetables with fiber, you're missing out on the benefits. This is why there's no one-size-fits-all probiotic or any supplement, really. There are a lot of things you have to take into account and make sure you're doing in order to support your gut health, and that includes your nutrition and getting plenty of prebiotic foods. If you're having trouble with your nutrition to help you have better gut health, my Food Foundations course is still at a discounted price right now, and you can get to that through the link in my show notes. So all of this to say, if you're considering starting a probiotic supplement, you'll want to find a high-quality one from a reputable brand with minimal additives and fillers, and you'll want to do some trial and error to figure out which strains work for your unique body or if a probiotic is even right for you at all. As for refrigeration, the label will tell you how to store the probiotic supplement. If it says it needs to be refrigerated but it wasn't refrigerated in the store, that can mean the potency has declined in that product. So just keep that in mind. You could also try incorporating fermented foods into your diet and see how your body handles it. Fermented foods help balance your pH in your intestines, increase stomach acid, which is actually usually a good thing. You need plenty of stomach acid to adequately digest your food. And they're full of bacteriocins, which are antimicrobial substances that help stop pathogens from growing. They can improve mood, immunity, and help lower inflammation. It may not be enough to only eat fermented foods, though, because the CFU count can be low and they can die fast. Again, it just depends on the person and their needs. I hope this was helpful for you, and I'm sorry I can't give you a straightforward answer like, take X brand of probiotic and you'll be good to go. Like many things, it truly just depends on the person. You have to find what works for you. And remember, just taking a probiotic won't solve your gut health problems. It could help, but there's so much more to the health journey than that. So thank you so much for listening, and I will see you here next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Happy Gut Podcast. I'll be back next week with another episode. 
If you liked it, I'd love it if you could leave a positive review. I'd also love it if you shared it with your friends and family, maybe your coworkers, maybe your uh, barista, whoever. You can find all sources and a link to my website in the show notes. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at It's Jamie Wagner. See you next time.